We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome into another Three Mile Podcast. I am John Kurtz. As always, I am joined by the one and only Derek Young from K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. And we are talking a lot of football recruiting once again. It is football recruiting season, hashtag SZN, if you will, if you want to be cool like the kids. But it's it's all good things right now, man. Things trending in the right direction still for some big-time prospects in K-State lands a big-time prospect already from the state of Kansas with more on the horizon. A little bit of good basketball recruiting news as well. Right now, recruiting is pretty hot. And if you are trying to beat the heat, cool down with a little uh, 360 vodka from Holiday Distillery. How about that transition, everybody? Uh, we appreciate their help and support on the podcast. As always, 360 vodka from Holiday Distillery can help you get ready with Bloody Marys, whatever your cocktail of choice is. You can even try out their new bourbon. It is the Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond bourbon that you can check out as well. If bourbon is more your style like it is for us three here on the pod. But, boys, recruiting news. Once again, uh, it is Andre Davis this time. No, not that Andre Davis. Not the uh, former junior college wide receiver back in the uh, late, eh, late-ish Snyder 2.0 years. I'm trying to think. Was it Andre Davis like 2014 or so? Something like that? Before me. Okay. Yeah, before me. Yeah, I was thinking like 2014, 2015. Right, Cole? Am I right on yeah, that? Yeah, John, John. Big catch against Iowa State in the 2015 comeback game on the drive where K-State got the uh, the game-tying field goal or game-winning field goal. The seam route. Joe Hubner hit Andre Davis over the middle for 25 yards uh, as K-State came back. That was the fumble game. But, yeah. How about that? How about yep. that? I'm impressed. Uh, I just remember being perpetually uh, disappointed. Like, I thought Andre Davis was going to be great. Uh, Andre Davis, old Andre Davis, was like the uh, the archetype for for Bill, for Snyder 2.0 skill position players where they would come in and you'd be like, oh, man, this guy can run faster than like a 5-2-40. He's going to be awesome because, like, every relatively speaking, it seemed great. And then, you know, it was always like, all right, well. Uh, that was probably a little bit harsh. I'm sorry. But that's how it felt sometimes. You had these guys that you always wanted to be better. Anyway, uh, this Andre Davis is a high three-star according to Rivals, a uh, 5'7", three-star. The K-State lands out of Blue Valley High School. They out to Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, Kansas, among others. 
to get his services. Uh, and to me, a couple of things really stand out here, Derek. One, this continues this push from like kind of the six through 10 in the state of Kansas, where K-State continues to pick off players there and work their way up toward the top of the Avery Johnson and, and uh, John Randalls of the world. But also it shows that more skill talent is more willing to come here. I mean, I think this is the other thing, like all the frustration over the Medea Rubens of the world over the last couple of years at the skill positions that have just not wanted to pull the trigger. It, it really does seem like the shift that K-State has made to Colin Klein offensively and, you know, potentially landing Avery Johnson, I'm sure helps, but it, it seems like K-State's becoming a more attractive destination to some of these skill talents. Yeah, that, that's probably because of Colin Klein's offense. You got a sneak peek of it in the bowl game. Um, all these receivers that are visiting, they were here in the spring. They saw a few spring practices, so they also saw probably the offense in its newest form before we have, right? So they have a really, you know, probably a better idea of what this thing is going to look like in the fall, and clearly they're it's a bit more appealing to them than it was in prior years. So I think some of it's just Colin Klein switching to offensive coordinator. Some of it's Thad War, pretty good recruiter, hearing a lot of good things of how he can connect and relate to recruits as well. So I think hats off to him um, for picking up Andre Davis. And I think he's going to have some other really good gets along the way that I'm sure we'll get into at some point. Another thing about Andre Davis we didn't touch on, son of a former Kansas City Chief, right? Willie Davis. Cole, that one of your favorite players? I mean, I just remember Willie Davis and J.J. Burden growing up a Chiefs fan in the 90s with Joe Montana throwing to him. And uh, when you told me that, D.Y., I hadn't connected those dots when you told me on Sunday. And, I mean, that's great. I mean, Willie Davis was a nice receiver. I mean, he had 800, 900-yard seasons with the Chiefs three or three or four different times. So good pedigree there. I mean, that's a, it's a big-time get. Well, uh, is this is this silly of me to say D.Y. all see? But this was my reaction to hearing that because I also saw uh, Aaron Lockett, obviously former K-State wide receiver. He was tweeting about like <clears throat> to my former – like congrats to my former neighbor. So apparently they used to be close in, in Texas. And I thought, look, nothing at all against the, the talent in the state of Kansas. Like I'm salivating at landing all these kids at the top of the, the state of Kansas but I think you get where I'm going with this. Like it almost makes me feel a little bit better. Like, okay, this dude was playing football in Texas for a while and then moved to Kansas. I, it's just that Texas pedigree, man. I love the Texas pedigree. If you can mix it in there with also being able to land not only a kid from the state of Kansas, but one of the better programs in the state of Kansas in Blue Valley High School. I mean, I just, I, I love it all the way around. Yeah. He played for a pretty good, um, pretty good team in Texas too. Well, one of his teammates that's still there at that high school in Texas is a target of Kansas State still, and he'll take his official visit this weekend. That's DK Kalu. I think his father played with the Houston Texans. So some, some more NFL pedigree that they're trying to, you know, they already have Kate Warner. So um, I don't think that's ever a bad thing to have all that NFL pedigree on your roster. The two teams you probably beat here for, for uh, Davis's services were Iowa and Iowa state. Those were the other two official visits that he had planned, but about a week before, he was set to visit those three programs basically successively in a week. Um, about a week before, he just shut it down and committed to the Wildcats. Actually, at that point, I believe, even before the visits really transpired, and he canceled the visits to Iowa City and Ames. So a pretty you know, significant win in, in that way, and they've kind of been winning in, in that way a, a few different times in this cycle. I mean, they beat Will Antia for a number of uh, Power 5 programs. Wesley Fair, they beat. Uh, KU and Iowa State, and obviously Camden Beebe was just a lock that wasn't necessarily going to get recruited by anyone else because they figured he was going to be a wildcat. But to finish up, if you count all those commits, four commits, they're all four from the Sunflower State so far. 
Well, that's the thing, D.Y. I mean, you look at Wesley Fair, Iowa State. You look at Will Antio, Iowa State offer. And you look at this kid and Andre Davis, Iowa State offer. These Iowa State has been a pain, as everybody knows, for K-State on the recruiting trail. And now they beat out three guys that Iowa State really wanted. And Iowa, too. Iowa, Nebraska, they've been in on, on some of these guys. And those have been programs that have been a pain for K-State on the recruiting trail. Minnesota, I think, offered a couple of these commits as well, right? And so – uh, that's significant for K-State. Yeah, that, PJ. Yeah, take that. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of player is K-State getting here, D.Y.? I don't know how much you've seen him, but he's 6'4", 200 pounds, so he's a big physical receiver, it looks like. But, but from what you've seen, how would you kind of evaluate his talent? Yeah, he's someone that is a bigger target at 6'4", a little over 200 pounds, and, and he's different than about everybody they have on the roster. So I think he really fills a void, especially – since Sebastian Taylor is no longer on the team, this is going to be Malik Knowles' final year. So the only other person I think on the roster that is kind of emblematic of his size is what, Brendan Hawkins? So I think getting that size was kind of a big thing. Um, I don't know that he's a burner, but he's fast enough. But really, it comes down to his size. And he's he's a lot of big big guys with a large catch radius. And Andre Davis has a large catch radius. Sometimes they don't play as big as you know what their size would indicate. Maybe they don't have the good ball skills or don't, don't adjust to the ball very well, don't aren't able to use their body to wall off defenders or, or just create space. But that's I think that's the best part of his game. I think it's not just because he's big, oh my gosh, and, and intimidating. I think he knows how to use that size. He uses it to wall off defenders, create space. And I think his two best traits are his body control in the air and the way he can adjust to the ball and his ball skills. So he's a different cat. Um I mean, they wanted Moody Rubin in the same way last year, kind of same size. Maybe he might even be a little bit bigger. Um, Moody, maybe a teeny-weeny better athlete, but I don't think that he had the same ball skills that Andre Davis has. Andre Davis is more of a natural receiver. Moody Rubin probably was more of a natural athlete, so I think he was more raw. So I think Andre Davis, probably a better prospect at the end of the, end of the day than Moody Rubin, which is interesting looking back on it you know, a year later. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, I just love all of that because we, we've seen, I mean, K-State's been overflowing with the short, fast receivers, you know, guys kind of cut from the, the Philip Brooks cloth. You know, we've seen a lot of that. That's what makes Malik Knowles so enticing that he brings a little bit more to the table in terms of the physical traits like that. And to, to be landing now a kid like this instead of having to try and reach a little bit more at the receiver position just feels great. And it seems like, I mean, if Colin Klein can just do, deliver the goods – and that is obviously it remains to be seen, but just orchestrate the offense well and have it actually work well on the field, this is going to be wonderful. On the recruiting trail, I think this was obviously something that really needed to happen. And it just, you know, I heard Chris Kleiman actually on Sports Radio 810 as I was coming home today uh, on the radio, he made a comment that he has evolved more later in his career than he ever thought that he would. And I mentioned that on the last podcast. It seems like we're witnessing this evolution where he was willing to cut bait with his longtime childhood friend, according to Messingham, offensively, um, make the move to change, obviously, with Thad Ward coming in as the receivers coach as well. So, like, I, I don't know, man. It just seems like this, this evolution, the changes that we've seen have really started to turn the tide in state. And then getting getting over Iowa State, like, I, I don't think that should be marginalized at all. And I know Cole brought it up there. But, like, that's been the program that has been taking guys from you when there's a scarcity of resources really in the region and kind of the program that like K-State wants that sort of attention, right? And now maybe you're on the cusp of taking that back from Matt Campbell with the way things have been going. Is that is that overstated? Am I overstating it by trying to bring up that narrative? 
No, I mean, I know we like to demean Iowa State, or of course, Kurtz does anyway. But if you look at their last five. Okay, all right. It's not just me. (laughs) If you look at their last, I mean, give them some respect here. If you look at their last four or five years, they've been kind of the program that most people associated Kansas State with being for a while. And Kansas State, not to say that Kansas State isn't yet, but out of the last five years, I think they missed the bowl and two of them, right? So yep. they, they, they've gone through their struggles, um, struggles and, you know, air quotes, because it hasn't been a large struggle by any means. But this is a, the last five years. If you put it in the last 20, 25 years for Kansas State football, it's been, you know, the, the lower part of it. And now to build up to where you want to go, you almost have to unseat Iowa State. They're kind of the one that, that is impeding Kansas State from returning to the form that where they want to be. So, I, yeah, I don't think you're – glossing over it or, or making too much of it. I think it's significant because Iowa State was, you know, on their way to being the program that many, pro, you know, the I guess the middle tier programs like Kansas State want to be. And to, to be that, you have to unseat Iowa State. They, I mean, they made it to a New Year's Bowl, New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, well, COVID year when they got pretty lucky with an experienced roster and stayed really healthy and all that, you know, whatever. I, I get it. Yes. Yes, that, that, is, that is fair. And I mean, hey, by the way, this year they're replacing a slew of players. They lost all that talent from last year, and K-State is now poised to have the best team that Clemens had with all this returning talent. It just feels like this could be kind of a watershed moment where you, you make the tide turn on the field and you're making the tide turn off the field. But uh, that we, we could get into more of that as we get closer to football season and it actually happening and games being here. But, I mean, look, the other part of recruiting right now that was hot this weekend is the fact that Dylan Edwards took an official visit to K-State. We saw the uh, the great photo of him with Brian Anderson driving around, K-State's running backs coach. Somehow in a letter jacket when it's like 100 degrees outside? I'm Look, these kids must be tougher than than some people give them credit for these days if they're willing to do that. But all all signs look pretty good about how Dylan Edwards' visit went to, uh, to K-State and what's been a pretty – wild recruitment just a lot of ups and downs and a lot of changes with his recruitment uh what what is the latest that we should be thinking and hearing about dylan edwards visit over the weekend yeah his recruitment's probably been more of the roller coaster not necessarily any consistencies the most volatile but i i guess the way i would define it right now is it's the most steady you know not rocky that it's been and and i think it's all headed towards Kansas State's direction. Um, that's how I feel about it. I mean, he he's not going to visit Missouri like he was originally planning. So I do think it's – and, and to, the fact that he visited Kansas State just to begin with because it was, yeah, at one point he wasn't going to use an official visit on Kansas State. He was going to use it on five programs that weren't as close. So I just – a lot of those actions are, are to me, context clues that, you know, at the, there came a breaking point to him. He's like, okay, um, you know, I'm going to stop – you know, maybe having as this be as much of a show, it, it seemed like you wanted to get down to business. And the the timing, DY, it's it's interesting, right? Because he happens to take his official visit when two other running back recruits are on campus taking official visits last weekend. I don't recall when we did the podcast last Thursday when you and John did if we if you'd confirm Cameron Cook was going to be on campus, but that's a kid that was once in the rivals two fifty just a month ago, right? One of the top running back recruits in the country that took an official visit to K-State this last weekend. And then Carson Hansen, a running back out of Minnesota that K-State likes, or an athlete, but K-State likes him at running back, right? That was also on an official visit. So was Dylan Edwards perhaps looking into trying to secure a spot in advance, getting in front of them potentially? We don't know what he's going to do yet, but 
Could that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's always a possibility. Although, you know, the more I hear about it with Hanson, I think they would even consider him on the defensive side of the ball. I think they just like him as an athlete in general. They would, they would probably take no matter what. Um, and we'll see. I think the Northwestern offer for him is going to be one that entices him a little bit. And he just got that after he got back from Kansas State, actually. So that's probably going to throw a little bit of a wrinkle into things on that front. But yeah, I mean, there's just a whole lot of evidence clues, events, items are out there that would suggest that now is probably the time where Edwards and Kansas State seem to be on, on this, about the, the same page, I guess. I want to say it on the same page. I don't know if they've always been on the same page, but now they, they seem like they are right now more than ever. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. What about John Randall? Because, I mean, look, I'm somebody, look, I love Dylan Edwards. I've been excited about K-State pursuing him for a long time. But the fact that John Randall Jr. just came out of nowhere, back into the picture, number two player in the state, four-star recruit according to rivals, Mm -hmm. Some would tell you he's the best player in the state, depending on where you look um, and, and how you kind of reconcile that with a quarterback in Avery Johnson. He's somebody that's already visited once, and now it seems like that interest isn't slowing down. So, like, look, I'm all for it. Bring them both in, let them duke it out, fight it out, even if it's going to be one kid leaves into the transfer portal in today's day and age. What a problem to have all of a sudden it appears for, for yeah. K-State here. Yeah, good, good problem to have. Um, but I think they can make Edwards and Randall work together and that they're going to tr- – try and do that in my opinion um i think you have to john randall's visited once sounds like he's going to visit again here pretty soon um that's two visits and you know three four weeks and something that he really wasn't doing there for a long time wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention towards his recruitment and and you're hearing things like proximity to home maybe mattering a lot more than than it did at one time so uh headed in the right direction there as well um another running back Jamal Roberts and we'll see if he his visit stays the course as well so for this weekend but a good problem to have but you know alluding to the thing that you mentioned I, I definitely think that they would make that work they would want to make that work between Edwards and Randall and I, I think the two have talked about it before I, I don't see it being an impediment to either one they're really different players too when you think about Randall he's just you know an all-around athlete 
I mean, he got what? He just won the state in triple jump his first year ever doing the triple jump with the 13th or 14th um, biggest mark in, in the state's history, in the entire history of the state and during that event. So that that is pretty impressive. And Dylan Edwards is just one of the more – I mean, Dylan Edwards has playing speeds at 22, 23 miles per hour. He's the most one of the more – not just the state. He, he might be one of the most explosive players in the entire country. Now, he's, you know, smaller in stature, but the – you know what? That that matters a little bit less when you're playing at that kind of speed, and that's what he does. It, it seems like Dy that Edwards is a guy that's a really good pass catching back as well, has really good ball skills out of the backfield, catching the ball, flaring out, and that he's they could pair him together, split back sets, right, and you know split Edwards out on occasion, get him involved mm-hmm. in the passing game, and Randall be more of that total back in the backfield that takes more of the carries. Not that Edwards wouldn't get a lot of carries, but Absolutely. It does seem like it work. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Edwards is more the all-purpose back between the two for sure. Dylan Edwards can definitely, especially if they have both and they're in Colin Klein's offense and just kind of guessing what that'll look like, obviously. you think? I mean, Dylan Edwards will probably get used the way Deuce Vaughn will be used in the NFL, if you think about it that way. Well, I just, I mean, Randall, the last name Randall means a lot to me. I mean, Joseph Randall, his uncle, was a freaking stud at Oklahoma State. And if not for all of his troubles in the NFL, like uh, I think would have been a pretty pretty good running back in the NFL. And then John Randall, I'll just I'll never forget uh, what he did to K State in 2004. Again, ran into some issues at KU and had to leave. And in a roundabout way, that's helped out K State because he went to Southern Illinois and, and played for Brian Anderson. But like th- those dudes can play. Like I, that family name, man, those dudes can play. And you see the athletic numbers and the pedigree that he has recruiting wise right now. I mean. My eyes really light up at that. So I. But, and by the way, that 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 photo with BA, that, are they in a car with the top down? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> well, I don't, well, now so now we're back to Dylan Edwards, right? We're talking Dylan Edwards and yeah. not, oh, that not John Randall. Yeah, what, yeah. Was that was that like Taylor's Jeep? I don't know, or maybe it was a golf cart. He's got like the bucket hat game going on and everything. Well, what about Brian? I mean, is, is Brian Anderson? Where does he rank in terms of recruiters on the staff? Because we just rattled off a bunch of really good running backs, and we know about. Deuce Vaughn, Keon Mosey, Joe Irvin, like a lot of talented Jacardia Wright, like talented guys that they've had in here at that position. Yeah, I mean, this far since he had been at K-State, I think identification and evaluation was probably where he was the best at because Deuce Vaughn was under-recruited technically, right? And then all the other running backs, he was just kind of finding those diamonds in the rough that would just kind of blow up on the scene and do pretty well once they got to Kansas State. And and he played a part in getting T.J. Smith and T. Denson. So um, he was – a guy that was really unearthing players and finding them under rocks because TJ Smith, I think was committed to Memphis when they found him. Um, so that was the name of the game, but he's definitely got them in the conversation with some bigger names this cycle. Some of that is because obviously Dylan Edwards legacy. And then some of that is also John Randall. Oh, I coached his son. So, but I mean, that's a credit to him too. Leveraging. I mean, that's recruiting, man. Yeah. yeah that's leveraging those connections. That's recruiting. And the fact that, I mean, B.A., I, I, you know, Brian Anderson, he just seems like he knows everybody, too. Like, it always, he always has some, like, random connection because Brandon Jacobs brought his kid to, to camp last year. And it's like, oh, he, you know, coached Brandon Jacobs. I was like, oh, really? So it, that, that tends to happen a lot with Brian Anderson for whatever reason. That's a good, I mean, that's a good trait to have. Well, he they, they put themselves in a great spot. Brian Anderson, a lot of credit to him and the coaching staff. They put themselves in a great situation at the running back spot where in their position of leverage, now, right now, they put all their eggs in the basket with Avery at the quarterback spot, and 
that that's completely understandable, but they're in a position. Yeah. yeah, you have to, right? You, you've told us that from the get go. I got nervous with it. K State fans got nervous with it, but hopefully it's going to pay dividends. But when you look at the the running back spot, they've got a lot of talented dudes lined up to potentially come here, and they, they're in a spot where they're able to maybe push a couple of these guys to go ahead and lock in their spots earlier because. You know, if they wait too long, their spot might get taken. You got Dylan Edwards, John. You mentioned Jamal Roberts, I believe, a talented back out of St. Louis that's also got an official visit scheduled. Uh, Joe Jackson out of Florida, who's already been to Manhattan once, and he's looking to take an official visit in the fall. Now, he's a 5.73 star. Uh, It doesn't, you know, the timing-wise, probably not going to work for him because I think K-State DY is going to have both running back spots locked up by then. But just they have a lot of guys, high-talent guys that, are they're in a good spot with at the running back position. Yeah, it's, it's hard to see it going bad there. I think you're going to get something you really, really like uh, one way or another, which that's that's how to recruit. And going back to the Avery thing, just want to touch on it a little bit. And know people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what happens if, you know, here's my thing is this entire process where they've recruited Avery Johnson, especially since they kind of took the commanding lead, which now it seems like months ago, right, several months ago, maybe even around the January, February time like is there any point you would said oh we're just going to reverse course and take someone else you can't do that with a guy as talented as Avery Johnson in your own backyard who you're probably leading with for you know, months and months and months or at no point were you in a, in a position where you could really detour from that pursuit so I think it's going to work out in their favor this isn't me like saying no you know looking back on but in general, even if it didn't, uh, there's nothing differently I would have done or that they could have done, in my opinion, because you can't, while in the lead for Avery Johnson, decide, oh, I'm going to go take another guy. You can't do that. They just were never, you know, they were never in a position of power with their recruitment. I mean, Avery Johnson was certainly in the position of power and probably still is. I get that. But there's just nothing differently that Kansas State should have done. And they pushed all the right buttons because I think Colin Klein, or Colin Klein, Avery Johnson has uh, embraced uh, their full-on recruitment of him, and I think Colin Klein's pushed the right buttons. Yeah, well, I mean, that brings me to the the other topic here, obviously, in, in football recruiting, and everybody is on Avery Johnson watch because he went to Oregon, took his final official visit. I think we're, we're pretty set there. Washington, K-State, and Oregon are going to be the three official visits, and now you're waiting here for a decision. You know K-State is doing everything that they can. You mentioned pushing all the right buttons and trying to do everything you possibly can. Well, how about a tweet from Darren Sproles today, which was, by the way, retweeted by Avery Johnson. And Terrence Newman. What's that? And Terrence Newman. Well, they got Terrence Newman involved. They've had Skylar Thompson tweeting at him. I saw Briley Moore getting involved there. I saw Elijah Lee getting involved there. Like, clearly, the coaching staff is trying to apply pressure points from wherever they can. And, you know, I don't mean, like, applying pressure in a negative sense, but they're they're trying to do whatever they can to get over the finish line, right? I mean, it feels like K-State's like right at the tape. This is like the lean for the tape on Avery Johnson, where you're right there and you just want to make sure that you fully cross that finish line. And, and that is to me where it really feels like all of this is. I mean, Avery Johnson went to Oregon this past weekend. And if you go look at his his social media right now, it's it's still pretty purple. It's not I think the fear was he would go to Oregon and it would be like this overwhelming visit and he would get totally wowed by the glitz and glamour of all the facilities in Autzen. And I don't know, at least the way most kids reflect that with their social media, there there have not seemed to be many signs of that happening this past weekend. No. And there's not, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, there's just no signs or warnings to me that this isn't going to go Kansas state's way. But as angst, as much angst as you two have and that the fans have, and 
or anxiety that everyone has and the paranoia we're all just kind of waiting for, for that moment. Imagine being the coaches right now. I mean, those guys are, those guys are on pins and needles too, because not only because of how talented and how great Avery Johnson is, both on the field and off, but because of the ramifications of what his commitment could mean to that program, um, both on the field of the next few years, but also the rest of this class. Um, he could, he could knock down some dominoes for them in this class that would really put them in a position where we're all talking about, okay, we're going to be talking about, this class in a historical context rather than, oh, it's pretty good. John, did you see it? Looked like uh, looked like Oregon fed him Panda Express and Jimmy John's. So they, they really. <laughs> My God, like K-State K rolled out the red carpet, but I mean, Washington, it looked like he was, he he, he put on their, what, wasn't there like a $200 stake in there at some point when he was in Seattle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. Okay, the, the most of the Oregon visit looked pretty good, but the food part looked like it was lacking. I, but actually, you, I, not, I have not. These are on TikTok, by the way, if you want to go see them. Yeah. I actually have not looked at the Oregon. Hey, TikTok. I, I need yeah. to go check that. Yeah. You, you know, to what you made the point earlier, D.Y., about him being the only real quarterback. I know they offered a couple other guys, right? But really, they weren't going to take him before Avery made a decision. They have done a great job selling that he's the face of this program, right? And mm-hmm. you look at program like Oregon and you just look at like the fan reaction to Avery Johnson that they have on their boards, Right. And the excitement just doesn't seem to be there. And there's just not an appreciation for how talented he truly is. And Kansas State fans, the, the, the excitement will be through the roof when he commits to Kansas State, if he commits, assumes that he does. Let's assume that. I mean, just the, the impressions that you're going to see on social media, the likes, I the engagement. Opposing fans are going to hate me. I mean, I will be at the peak of my powers with being annoying, obnoxious K-State fan guy when that happens. That is my promise to you, Avery. I'm looking in the camera right now. You commit, I will be a giant bleep hole on social media in a positive way for K-State fans, negative for everybody else. All right. That is my pledge to you. Yeah, I'll be arrogant as well. And, you know, I think Oregon fans, uh, anyone that doesn't appreciate his talents, they're going to regret that when they see how good he is at Kansas State. Um, This is a elite quarterback. Uh, former, I mean, he got bumped out of the rivals 250, but I, I think everybody knows he's one of the top 10 high school quarterback recruits in the country. Number three dual threat quarterback in the country, according to rivals. So it's supreme talent and Kansas state sold him. He's going to be the face of the program. You look at NIL, a lot more opportunity to earn more here being the in-state kid at Kansas state performing well, travel to games for his family, two hour drive from Wichita, it's a little bit of a pain to get to Eugene. I don't, I don't even know if you can fly straight into Eugene. You probably have to fly to Portland, I would assume, then drive two hours south to Eugene or whatever direction it is. I don't know my geography that well. But the point is, I think K-State, to what DUI said, and has said all along, to his credit, Kansas State's in a, in a good spot. I, I will admit, yeah, DUI, when you were pushing that uh, months ago, I, I, I thought, man, I don't know. I feel like Derek may be a little – a little too purple colored glasses here, maybe buying in too much to what a coach has told him or something like that. But it is, it is proven to be correct, man. It is proven to be correct. Uh, up until now we're here, like right at the threshold. So I, I feel like, I feel like DY is our Adam Schefter. Uh, when it, like, so, you know, when you're watching ESPN sports center, Adam Schefter's on his phone, sometimes texting. I feel like DY right now, he's, he's getting insider messages as I see him looking at his phone. I can he's tell he's looking at his phone. phone. Yeah. He, I, I have seen him do on YouTube. He was definitely looking at his phone right there. I have seen him do this before, and I'm just thinking this guy is a scoops meister. Speaking of, you know, he's our case. <laughs> not, do not compare me to him. 
See, I'm so, looking at my phone right now. I don't have anything really cool on there at all. Uh, there's nothing really going on. I mean, I got. Oh, oh, did Dy not include you on that text he just sent to us, John? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, no, I got the the great scoop. Well, I don't know. You guys did go hang out at a bar without <laughs> me the other day, so you know, I I don't know what's happening to me. You were at Boulevardia. <laughs> I, I was at Boulevardia. Well, I, I think the uh, I think the bottom line though here from a timing perspective, right? Dy he plans to commit. The Elite Eleven is June twenty eighth, so we're recording this. It's June twentieth. He wants to commit before that, so we're. I mean, it's probably coming in the next six to seven days, right? We're gonna you think, be on Avery watch. You you think, but man, the timing of these things is always hard to figure out because I think we're on. Dylan Edwards watch too, probably. Like, I think we're going to be hearing a decision from him in, in the near future. I don't know which one will go first. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds too. Um, you know, I almost wonder why Avery just wouldn't do it at the Elite 11. That feels like a good time to do it too. Well, just either way, if it's going to be before or at Elite 11, like what running some extra publicity for K-State. I mean, look, Avery can do this however it is that he wants, but if he wants to help out the profile of the school that he's about to go to, if it's going to be K-State, uh, that's some great publicity that you're not normally going to get. I mean, how often – it's been since Josh Freeman, since you've had an Elite 11 quarterback, how often has someone gone in there like waving a K-State banner around being the K-State commit that's there? And then if he happens to light it up there, like, I, boy, I mean the, – the yeah. Then you'll be paranoid, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, let, yeah, let's let's not su- let's not suggest to Avery to hold off any longer. Look, I, I have already had my heart set on this week being the last week of Avery watch. All right, the bottom line: he can go to the Elite Eleven already being committed to K State, and he could be flaunting the purple at the Elite Eleven and K State yeah. gear to the recruits, right, and on camera, right. So that's that's what I want. I want that locked in before the Elite Eleven. So let's let's get that done. He, yeah, I mean, what if he's out there like? Rocking a power cat. I assume is Arch Manning going to be at this thing? I actually don't think so. I don't think he no. does did the Elite Eleven stuff. I think it was too beneath them. He sees, yeah. So okay, he's too good for Elite Eleven. Well, fine. I was going to say, what if he's out there just showing up, Arch Manning? You know, <laughs> he's just showing up. Dante Moore is that the other kid everybody loves? Is Dante? No, that's who, that's who Oregon fans want. Okay, well, is, is he going to be there? Yeah. All right. Well, Avery Johnson goes out there, torches Dante Moore wearing K State. That would be that would be wonderful. It'd be lovely. Uh, I'm with you, Cole. Let's let's get it over with. Let's get these nerves out of the way, and let's uh, let's freaking party on social media, man. Uh, let's do it. Uh, one last little note to throw in here. Speaking of recruiting being hot, obviously football. There's plenty of that, but basketball. I mean, especially this 2023 class, which not not guys that would be coming in this year, but guys that would be coming in for Jerome Tang's second season. Things seem to be trending very well for both Layden Blocker and then Day-Day Ames, who are a couple of four-star recruits. And Day-Day Ames is uh, on campus this week. So uh, what, what do we expect out of that? You, you know, I almost think that's something to keep an eye on a little bit. I don't know inside information. It's just kind of reading in between the lines. But, you know, he just – it's hard to get him to talk about a, a school other than Kansas State. And this is an official visit. He doesn't have any other ones set. Um, he can sign in November or December. I forget which month, which month it is because that's when the, the the basketball early signing period is for 2023 recruits. It's really not that far away. So I, I think he's someone to keep an eye on, to be honest, in these next, I don't know when this will go, next 24 hours, 36 hours, whatever it may be, because I think this is a pretty momentous visit for him, um, especially since, you know, it's really difficult for him to speak about another program the way that he does Kansas state and with no other visits scheduled. Uh, he definitely comes across as a guy. It's 
be very content. Take that one visit, fall in love, and I'm good. And I'll just like disappear into oblivion for until I sign. Seems like his MO. I mean, what what if we're sitting here waiting on all these football commits and then all of a sudden, bam, you just pop with a four-star sunrise Christian basketball commit for Jerome? Well, Day Day. Oh, it's about Day Day. He's the Chicago guy. Oh, Day Day's not who? What am I? Blocker Sunrise Christian? Blocker Sunrise, yeah. Come on, John. Come on. Damn it, John. <laughs> My bad. I'll, I'll tell you why. You know why I was. Lane Blocker, on the Lane Blocker front, I will say, like, yeah, there is still constant communication between Kansas State and Blocker. I think it's them or Arkansas, but there is some buzz out there by, about the Razorbacks. The kid is from Arkansas originally. Ugh. Eric Musselman. All right, oh, fine. Muck bus. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking in my head, like while you were talking there, instead of being on my phone, getting inside scoops this is the stuff I think about. I was like, you know, when we do the pod after Avery commits, I, I was like, I'm going to bust out the old song. Those of you that used to listen to uh, my radio show, there, there was a song that I would play in these like celebratory moments here that uh, I was thinking in my head. I was like, I'm going to have to dig that back up. And even if I have to just play it from my phone straight into this mic, uh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll have a nice little uh, celebration. If and when that happens, uh, pretty pretty much when. Right? We'll, we'll invite you to the bar uh, the night that occurs. Dy will John and I okay. will. We'll make sure we'll make sure we're all together that night. Celebratory shots. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, uh, table set. Hopefully, next time we talk to you, it'll be uh, about one of these commits. Hopefully, I'm hoping for uh, emergency pod season this week. Uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Appreciate the help of 360 Vodka from Holiday Distillery. Check out their bourbon as well, uh, if that's more your thing. But Holiday Distillery, great supporters here of the podcast and everything we do at KCSN. For Tucker Franklin, our great producer, Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, I'm John Kurtz. Spread the word about 3Mon. We'll talk to you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.